In school, test taking was always a challenge for me. Ask me to write a paper and I can knock that out in no time. But taking a multiple choice test and filling in those little bubbles on an answer sheet, <laughs> give me a break. In his first epistle, John, the beloved disciple of Jesus, sets forth seven tests of genuine faith in Christ. The love test, the light test, the abiding test, the obedience test, the word test, the truth test, and the fellowship test. Pick one test and tell me how you're doing. Are you passing, for example, the fellowship test? If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. I'm Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. Well, the book of 1 John has a lot to say about loving God and about walking in fellowship with God. How are these two things related? What do they look like in real life? Find out next as Ron continues his teaching series, Route 66, the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Stay right here or listen on demand from our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Ron and part two of his Something Good Radio message, First John, Walking in Fellowship with God. Walking in the light as he is in the light includes honest confession, the confession of our sin to God. If we say something like, no, I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not a sinner, or you know, I, I'm just not that bad of a person, then John says the truth is not in us. The truth is not in us. We have some measure of darkness in us. We're trafficking in the gray, whatever you wanna say. Confession, is agreement with God about what breaks our fellowship with the light, with pure righteousness and holiness. Confession is good for the soul because it yields God's forgiveness and his cleansing. First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I call that the Christian's bar of soap for daily cleansing. Make sure you take a shower, a Christian shower every day. And if the last time you can remember that you confessed your sin before God was so long ago you can't remember, then you've been in relationship with God, but you haven't been in fellowship with Him. That may be why you feel so far from Him. So confession, confession brings us back into fellowship with Him. We confess and we keep short accounts with God to ensure our uninterrupted fellowship with him, knowing again that Jesus Christ is our advocate. You know, sometimes the Christian life is three steps forward and two steps back. I understand that. Sometimes you feel like it's four steps back and you're living like a prodigal and it's time to confess and repent. But if you're truly a child of God, remember, you've got a defense attorney. The devil is gonna prosecute you as much as he can and he'll make you feel like you lost your salvation. You, you call yourself a Christian. 
but you have an advocate in Jesus Christ who's a better defense attorney than the devil as a prosecutor. But you have to confess. You have to come clean before God. And that restores our fellowship with him. Now, John cautions some other things that break our fellowship with God. For example, loving the world and its lusts. He talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life. He says, be careful with that. That'll break your fellowship with God. Following the false doctrine of many antichrists. Now I'm into chapter two. Making a practice of sinning. You abide in Christ and you walk in the light and close fellowship, that's, that's the framework and the, the place with which you don't sin. You step outside of that, okay, you step into darkness and you'll sin. It's the person who practices sin. We're talking about something that is um, habitual, unconfessed, and unrepented. You've convinced yourself it's a gray area. It doesn't matter that much. Oh, it does to God. Because it grieves the spirit and it creates distance from you. You haven't lost your salvation. But he, he isn't gonna bring you in as close as he wants to bring you. While urging us to walk in God's light, uh, John also has the Lord's coming in mind. This verse really grabbed my heart this week. Chapter two and verse 28, and now, little children, there's that fatherly tone, abide in him. There's an echo from the upper room, John 15. Abide in him, that is get intimate with him, so that when he appears, listen to this, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. I take that to mean, John says, you need to keep such short accounts with God that when he comes, you're in fellowship with him. You're not embarrassed by the distance your sin has created with him. Don't shrink in shame at his coming, but abide in him. The word abide again recalls the upper room discourse when Jesus said in John 15, I am the true vine and you are the branches. Abide in me and let my words abide in you. Speaking of that intimate, intimate relationship between a vine and a branch. And he said to his disciples, apart from me, you can do nothing. Stay close to me. Stay intimately connected to me. Now that's generally around the larger theme of walking in God's light. Stay in the light. Stay way away from the darkness. And stay away from the gray areas. Secondly, he, he talks about walking in God's love. Our love for God and others also has something to do with the sweet fellowship we enjoy vertically and horizontally. John recalls what Jesus said in the upper room. In chapter three and verse 11, he says, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Remember in the upper room, Jesus says, I have a new commandment for you. Love one another. I don't know if there's anything new about it as much as it was renewed to the disciples. Well, what does love one another look like? Well, from John's perspective, he goes negative first and refers to Cain who killed his brother Abel as a picture of what love does not look like. 
And then John applies the story from the early chapters of Genesis broadly by saying in chapter 3 and verse 15, everyone who hates his brother, like Cain, is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Positively, though, John points to the example of Jesus, and he encourages us to follow his example by practicing self-sacrifice. Let's pick it up in chapter 3 and verse 16, where John says, By this we know love, that he, that is Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. He says, but if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, there's that fatherly tone again, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. John reminds us that Jesus saw our need for forgiveness and reached out in sacrificial love, and likewise opening up our hearts to meet the real physical needs of people who are hurting, well, John goes on to say that it yields three things. Confidence before God, it yields answered prayer, and greater intimacy with the Almighty. It also means that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. And here's where John, in that oriental way, kind of springboards off, once he mentions the Spirit, He launches into a larger admonition in chapter four, verses one to six, which begins, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Again, this is uh, referring to the Gnosticism that was rising up and how believing the false doctrine of the many antichrists is a threat to our fellowship with God. So he says, test the spirits. You should test anything that comes out of my mouth by the word of God. Make sure I'm in sync with that. And I'm I'm preaching the light as much as I'm walking uh, in the light. Both the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, John says, are at work in the world today. And then in chapter 4, verses 7 through 20, boy, a, a, a section where John really ramps up his oriental style. He circles back to the love of God. Twice he tells us now that God is love. Earlier he said God is light. And he says walk in the light. Now he says God is love. And three times he tells us to love one another. We'll be right back with more of today's Something Good message from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Something Good Radio is a 100% listener-supported ministry. We depend on your prayers and financial support to help Ron share the gospel through these radio and internet broadcasts. And when you give this month, we have an important resource to share with you. Here's Ron with more. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. 
Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available for pre-order. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre-order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library and pastor as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible. What has been most impactful about the experience? And what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, First John walking in fellowship with God. And then he strings these concepts together like a pearl necklace by saying, beloved, and now I'm in chapter four, verse seven, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. That's a lot to digest there and to think about. But he, he's, he's getting us to consider our, our vertical love for God and our horizontal love for others and the impact that ha- that has, positively or negatively, on our fellowship with God. He connects our love for God and one another to our fellowship, beginning in verse 13 of chapter four, when he says, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. The Gnostics would not confess that Jesus was the Son of God. They confessed that he was something or someone else. So, you know, he's he's swirling around all these kinds of ideas. He goes on to tell us that perfect love like this gives us confidence for the day of judgment. He also says that perfect love casts out fear. Casts out fear. And then he says we love because he first loved 
us. Whatever measure of love we have for God and for one another is 100% the result of God's love for us. Think about that. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great preacher, thought about it and called it a great and certain truth that we love him for no other reason than because he first loved us. And that's a kind of a quick summary of chapter four, verses seven to 20. I encourage you to mark that passage and, and read it this week. Read it over and over and over and over again until you get the full gist of what John is talking about and the full implications of what it means to walk in God's love as much to walk in God's light. That brings us to chapter five, the last chapter where John links our love for God and our fellowship with him to keeping his commandments. Another echo from uh, the upper room where John laid his head on Jesus' shoulder. In chapter five and verse three, John says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Now listen carefully, child of God, you don't become a child of God and receive the gift of eternal life by keeping God's commandments, but one evidence that you are a child of God is that you keep his commandments. And, and you're not saying, oh, this is so difficult to live this way. You know, it's because the world lives another way. Yeah, it does. But the child of God who's in right relationship with him and the closer we are in fellowship to him doesn't consider the commandments of God to be burdensome. That would be like a child telling his mom, oh, you won't let me put my hand on a hot stove. What a terrible parent you are. Everybody else is doing it. No, the commandments of God are meant to say, stop, watch out, this is going to hurt you. The child of God begins to understand that and realizes the commandments of God are not burdensome. They're a blessing. And then the epilogue in chapter five and verses 18 to 21 returns to a few broad ideas like victory over sin and victory over the devil is the common experience of those who are born of God, even though John says, listen to this, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. You understand that, the implications of that? You know, sometimes living in this world can be very joy-filled and very uh, lacking in stress and you feel like you're on a nice uh, vacation in paradise and at other times you feel like you're in a war zone. The reality is, is we're living in the devil's playground. And the whole world lies, John says, in the power of the evil one. But he's quick to then say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the, in the world. That's victory for the child of God. And the common experience of those who are born of God is to live in that victory. Oh, there are times that we step outside of it. That's when 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Boom, back into fellowship with God, walking in the light, not in the darkness, walking in the love of God and the love of others. That's the sweet spot for the believer in Christ. It's where intimacy is pure and so desirable when you get a taste of that. Also, since believers are in him who is true, in his son Jesus Christ, John says, he concludes by giving us uh, some instructions about avoiding the enticement of idols. 
He says, stay away from them, little children. So here's my question for you today. Like John at the Last Supper, are you leaning into Jesus more? Do you want more of him? Or, or are you comfortable kind of sitting at a distance and watching others, perhaps, have a closer relationship with him? Are you walking in fellowship with God uh, so acutely that you're, you're aware of his coming at any time? And you, you don't want to shrink back in shame because you're over here dabbling in the darkness or you know, putting one foot into the gray area, seeing how close you can get to that. No, take bold steps to the light. Take bold steps in the way you love God and love others. And here's what'll happen. The Father will draw you in. He'll draw you in closer. Jesus said in the upper room, he who loves me obeys my commandments, and he who obeys my commandments loves me. And, and when that happens, the Father and I will share We'll share our intimacies with you. We'll draw you in closer. Don't be afraid of intimacy with the Almighty. Don't be afraid of close, intimate fellowship with Him and with others who share that fellowship. That's the sweet spot in the Christian life. Thanks so much for joining us for today's Something Good radio message, First John walking in fellowship with God. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. Ron, two of the major themes of 1 John are loving God and walking in fellowship with God. Now, let's talk more about the relationship between the two. Yes, and thanks, Brian. These two things, loving God and walking in fellowship with God, are uniquely intertwined. John himself tells us that when we love God, we are better positioned and better able to obey his commandments. And of course, obedience leads to stronger and more intimate fellowship. So maybe the real question is, how do we learn to love God better? Yes, that's exactly right, Brian. And ironically, loving God is the first and greatest commandment. So it stands to reason that loving him would hold the key to walking in obedience to his other commandments. It is paramount. The more we love God, the more we love others, our spouse, our children, our parents, uh, really everyone. So loving God helps us walk in obedience, and as a result, it improves and deepens our fellowship with God. Uh, with that in mind, Brian, how do we learn to love God better? Well, I think one of the most important ways is to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. Don't just read it. Meditate on it consistently. Reading it without meditating on it is a little bit like trying to drink water without swallowing. It won't quench your thirst. I'm convinced that the more we read and meditate on the Bible, the more we will love its author. So I encourage our listeners today either begin or continue the practice of meditating on the Word of God consistently and continually. Believe me, uh, we need it more than we know. We, that is all of us, are thirstier than we think. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts about the relationship between loving God and walking in fellowship with God. Before we say so long for today, Ron, tell us what's happening tomorrow as you move ahead in your series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Well, Brian, we're doing something a little different tomorrow. Second and third John are both so short, almost like little postcards, just one chapter each. 
that I decided to combine them into one message. Now, maybe you've heard the expression, all politics is local. Uh, They say it often in Washington, D.C. Well, what does that have to do with Christianity? I'm glad you asked. And the answer is, all church ministry is congregational. Yes, the church is worldwide, but it's also localized into specific churches and even further localized sometimes into cell groups or neighborhood groups. And so in these two short books of the Bible, John has a lot to say about congregational life in the local church. It's great stuff with plenty of practical applications for us today. And Brian, that's where I'm headed next time as I continue my teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Second and Third John, Nothing But Truth, Love, and Obedience. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.